Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Robin Zander, Ricky Nielsen. Pride of Rockford, Illinois. Cheap Trick with Run Run Rudolph. Getting into the Christmas music as we have, um, I only have three more shows until I take my Christmas break. I can never remember, Fred, are you off? You're off the following week, right? I'm the week after Christmas. Right. And then, Sue, you're just in it for the long haul, right? I'm in for the long haul, people. You are. Yeah. God bless you. I hope you don't mind, Fred. I gave Jane the next two weeks off. Is that okay? What were you planning for next Friday since I'm not going to be here? Okay. Well, I gave her the Friday off, so you're going to have to find somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) Fred's like, thanks. You know know who's hurt by that? Me. (laughs) I know. No one wants to hurt Fred. I thought about that. Well, Jane, you have your opportunity right now to make sure Fred's not hurt and say you're going to be here. No, no, nope. I've already been to excited sorry we'll uh we'll get a fill-in we'll get somebody i'll find i'll find someone we don't we have someone that's not as good as jane right so it's impossible to find <laughs> it is the, it now is. i've bought and see look what i did i just ruined oh, this whole weekend i mean oh, you know, look, i mean he is downtrodden uh who's the gonna guilt. fill in next friday uh i'm not sure yet just have him do a show say we've tell him make up something it's a the holiday round, The table's been banned for the, uh, for the, the holiday season. Christmas, right? So I think this story might have been on Fox here at the top of the hour. I was out of the studio, but we we heard it at the top or, you know, as the hour was wrapping up. Matthew Perry had died from uh, ketamine effects, yeah. which is a drug. The way the L.A. Times writes this, because we were all asking, and Sue said, well, wait, remind me what ketamine is. And as I remembered it, you know, they refer to it as a special case sometimes. Mm-hmm. Isn't it a, a dog, like a vet? A drug that vets use. I think so, but I right? also know that it's sort of like, you know, can give you hallucinations. And... Well, they said that it's a drug sometimes used to, d- to treat depression, but they also say that the contributing factors in his death included drowning, coronary artery disease, and the effects of uh, buprenorphine, which is used to treat opioid disorder. I don't know if that's a, an anti-craving oh, medication or something be. like that. Um the manner of the death, they still say, is an accident. He was found, of course, at his pool residence a couple of months ago, non-responsive, and he was pronounced dead. That was October. Well, no, when was that? It was October 28th when he came back and returned home from a pickleball game, got into his hot tub and was found dead mm. a few hours later. So we kind of feared just with the demons. You know, and that, that kind of tells me that, unfortunately, and people said, even some of the, the friends folks who had contact with him in you know the days before he passed away, that he was in good spirits, he was in a good mood. But that also kind of tells you probably, unless there was some microdosing for depression, that he just couldn't kick those demons. Yeah, and I mean, and, and, and it said effects of ketamine, which could mean that he maybe if he was on it for a long time, and you know what I mean? And even if he wasn't on it that day, it can still have long-term bad effects on your body. And right. it, it does tell you that, you know, the long-term drug abuse, even if you get past it, that it can so hurt your body that, you know, you may just not be able to handle it. Well, that's it. why they say uh, contributing factors. So we'll, yeah. we'll see if anything Sad. more comes out on that. And then the uh, the story that broke right at the end of the roundtable, and I wanted to play some audio here, and I thank Fred for that, even though I just robbed him of his um, roundtable panel. <laughs> of his joy. Week. Right. Uh, Rudy Giuliani has to pay $148 million to two women who were election workers in Georgia. Here's what he had to say. The absurdity of the number <laughs> merely underscores the entire proceeding where I've not been allowed to offer one single piece of evidence in defense, of which I have a lot. 
So I am quite confident when this case gets before a fair tribunal, it'll be reversed so quickly it'll make your head spin. I don't know about that, but he says, you know, they were asking, well, okay, you have all this evidence. Couldn't you have testified? I didn't testify because the judge made it clear that if I made any mistake or did anything wrong, she was considering contempt. And he's not backing oh, down from, from anything. Either. I, ha- I, I, ha- I have no doubt I have no doubt that my comments were made and they were supportable and are supportable today. Still. I just did not have an opportunity to present the evidence that we offered. Did you notice we were not allowed to put in one piece of evidence in defense? Okay. I, I don't know all the particulars, but yeah, right. I, I'm in Nothing the prohibited just, him from testifying. I would hope that he would just go away. And he doesn't yeah. have any money, so he, he can say whatever he wants because they're not going to be able to take money from him because he doesn't have any money. So I right. think that that's why there's probably not a risk there. Paul Hall on entertainment. We'll talk some movies and television with him. Kusumato on the firing of Craig Berube and some other stuff at 445. But right now... These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. And now, Sue's News, sponsored by Mr. Appliance, speedy expert service. Call 636-674-6446. I just want to mention a traffic note. Uh, The ramp from westbound 44 onto Lindbergh is closed right now. I was just sending out a tweet of it uh, Mm. because of an accident. So if that is your exit, it is closed right now. You've got plenty of other options in that area, but just uh, bear that in mind. Ah, Sue's News. On this day in history, first of all, it's National Ugly Sweater Day. Fred, do you uh-huh. have one that you Why wear to you the party? Why did you just call Fred out like that? Because <laughs> he's wearing a Joyce shirt. He looks perfectly fine. A <laughs> Joyce shirt. Yeah, <laughs> almost um, have to clarify that. Oh, yeah. Qualify that. I, but I don't think Jane, I have you know anything. who Joyce is? No. Yeah, oh, I have right. a neighbor, Fred's who, neighbor who likes to... Um, thrift shop for me and, and find shirts. Oh, that's really it's, nice. Every that shirt sweet? I have is it's a very thoughtful, shop. and it's unusual. It is. So we like to reference Joyce whenever okay. possible. Joyce, um, so she hasn't bequested a uh, <laughs> an ugly sweater, an ugly sweater no, for you. No, no, Joyce, no. get on it. <laughs> Come yeah. on, Joyce. We want to see Fred in an ugly sweater. Do you ever go to those ugly Christmas sweater parties? I just was. That's what I was trying to ask Fred. Have you I been know. to one? Do you no, own one, Jane? No. Yeah, Abby, uh, I, I, I've got one. I'm dying to go to one, so I have a good reason to own an ugly sweater. Oh, uh-huh. aha. Yeah. yeah. So I get invited. My my friend Trey Hogan, who I I mention every once in a while, is a troublemaker. He he does this every year. He's like an ugly, and I hate wearing the ugly sweater things. I just yeah. it's not my thing. Some people like to dress up, and then you get there and you're not dressed up, and you feel like you should be dressed up. <laughs> But with Trey, it doesn't really matter because he drinks so much he can never remember if I wore an ugly sweater or not by the end of the night. I just have to point that out as well. I have one that I will wear next week. Ooh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, well, we yeah. want pictures. Okay, well, I'm, it's not that great, but <laughs> I will wear it anyway. Wear it before Thursday. On uh, this day in history. Because, because Mark and Jane are off yeah. on can Friday. You, can you, <laughs> hey, sorry, Fred. Can yeah. you pinch it on the round table on Friday? Oh, yeah. All right, good. That'll be real great. <laughs> uh, on this day in history, 169 years ago, in 1854, the first street cleaning machine was put into operation in Philadelphia. I just mm. didn't realize it was that old. And 79 years ago today, in 1944, I had no I- Legendary band leader Glenn Miller mm-hmm. passed away when the plane he was flying in disappeared in thick fog over the English Channel. And then in 1985, a group of former British Royal Air Force pilots finally admitted that when they were unable to drop their bombs on Germany uh, during a routine bombing run, 
they dropped the bombs over the English Channel, and they think uh, that may be what happened. I did see. never have heard that story. I did not know that. That no. is a very gosh, Glenn Miller, awesome. I didn't, I didn't even remember that he died in the war. I didn't either. I, I didn't. know. Can I go to the street cleaning just for a moment? Yes, please. For five hundred. Yes, you uh, may. <laughs> certainly. Do they still? Because when I lived in the city and not too far from where you live right now, they did the you know you you had the days Wednesday where they did the street cleaning. Right? right, you couldn't park on. You couldn't a park on one side. But my right. favorite part of that, and I did appreciate them, you know, sweeping up the streets. My favorite part of that is because I got plenty of these tickets. Is you you'd notice. I would come home, for example, and I would notice that, oh, they have cleaned the streets. They look great. I'll park on that side of the road. Oh, no, 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 no. We're still going to get your ass for a ticket, even though there's no reason that your car should not be parked there now because we've already gone through with the street nope, cleaner. You gotta but we're going to give you a sign. ticket yeah, until five. It's, that is so aggravating. Yeah. it's yeah. It, That sounds like a Mark Reardon story. But are <laughs> does they, it? Right, yeah, it really does. But are they still mm. cleaning the streets now? Or yeah. are they just taking the ticket? No. Nope. Okay, good. They still They're just clean not it. picking up trash. And if you leave oh, okay. the... No, and they are doing that too. But when you... Uh, when <laughs> there's somebody, very defensive <laughs> about the city. Jane, I am. Okay. If you're parked on the... Uh, on the side where you're not supposed to be, and then of course the street cleaner will go around, around your you, car. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. well. Then you it's, know. Yeah. Well, yeah, and well, I can I, mean, I can understand that being a ticket. Okay, yeah, that, that's but fair. but after the street cleaner's kind of gone through, yeah. and you can clearly tell no, that I the street cleaner. I get it. I get it. That's just a revenue grab. Guinness, uh, well, the Book of World Records, but I guess it's online now. But it keeps a database of more than 40,000 records. And someone put together a list of the oddest Guinness World Records of 2023. They are, okay, <laughs> you have to watch the video of this if to, to understand it. Most skips by a cat in one minute. Now, I thought, what does that even mean? Is it cat skipping? No. It is a woman with a jump rope, and she jumps, and the cat jumps, and that is one skip. She's like, oh, kitty, 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 and they both jump nine times in one minute. If you are bored, it's something to watch. It's like the records that Guinness Uh holds that no one ever in history would want to even participate. We should make one up and go for one. We really should, because the next one is most spoons balanced on one body. The record is 88. It's a guy with no shirt, and someone has hung 88 spoons on him. Because you have to, like, you know, you you you, right, 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 right. right. You know how you put it on your nose? You take the spoon, and you put your breath on it, and you hang it up. (laughs) Now you have to tell over someone's body. Do you have a little spoon fetish here, Jane? Is that what we're doing? I don't know why I know that. I don't know why. Fred, would you volunteer where it will hang spoons on you? (laughs) No, maybe not. No, but I wanted to say about the cat. Uh Uh-huh. You know what you could do, Sue? You could do dogs. You could do bulldogs. Yeah. And you yeah. could do like double Dutch bulldogs. That will <laughs> never happen, Fred. But that is a glorious idea. I could try to get them to jump. They'll just stare no, at me. Is there a, a tree? It's not a little What's yeah. happening? It's not a high vertical with the bulldogs. <laughs> okay, here's one of my favorites. Fastest time to assemble Mr. Potato Head blindfolded. The record is 11 and a half seconds. Okay, that's legit. Longest mustache on a living person, which I find disgusting. Mm-hmm. The record is more than two feet. Ew. Yeah. Uh, no. And the fastest okay five meters on a scooter by a parrot. That's right. <laughs> the oh, record wow. is 14.6 seconds, in case you were wondering. Now, we have a little sound for this, but in a minute here. Eddie Murphy, we talked about this, Jane, that mm-hmm. he's coming back in 2024, one of the classic roles. It's called Beverly Hills Cop Axel F. I love it. And it's on Netflix in uh, summer of 2024, and they released the trailer. Oh, is that what I have? Yeah, here? that's what right, you have. Detective Foley, you ever read your own files? Shootouts, storm the peace, a lot. 
Please tell me you didn't get arrested again. Twice, but I broke out. Yeah, so I mentioned, <laughs> I, I, I know it. it was in the past, I'll say three years. The past three years, I rewatched the original Beverly They're Hills Cop. There are. Holds up completely. Yeah. It was it great. It absolutely yeah. does. Uh, the original cast members, and they're in the trailer. You see a scene with Judge Reinhold and John Ashton. I love heart, it. Right? Yeah, I love, love that. it. That's all you really need. That is. Judge uh-huh. Reinhold is so damn good in yeah. those movies. He is yeah. great. He is. I miss him. I know he's done some TV and he's been out there every once in a while, but I just, those are great roles. I didn't think he could eclipse Fast Times I know, right? High, right? but he did. He did. After the release of the first three films, they were 1984, 1987, and the last one was 1994. That's how long it has been. Wow, we're old. Uh, And here's the problem. Apparently, it was stuck in development Hades for years. Of course. Um, It was finally being released after Paramount sold the franchise rights to Netflix. And that's when it got going. So, again, that will be on Netflix in summer of 2024. I'm all in. I think it's going to be kind of a hoot. Yeah, we'll talk to Paul Hall from Common Guy Films about that with some other stuff here in just a few minutes as well. In a new poll, 77% of parents agree that the holiday season is, quote, just as magical now as when they were kids. Mark, is that true? Uh, I think we make it, yeah, yeah, maybe even in some ways more magical because parents have gotten so creative and visual, so I, I, I would go with that. Jane, yes, more I would magical? Say, well, when my kids were little. I was going to say, it was, yeah. It's, for me, it's much more magical with well, my kids right. than it ever was But I have a little kid still, so. Well, that's yeah, true. and that helps. But, Fred, yeah. you like it? Oh, it no, I ma- do. I especially like it now because my kids are moved away from home. I was going to say, then so it kind of So we'll all be back, back together. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think that's, that's nice. pretty cool. That's I liked nice. this one, too. About 75% of American parents follow the same holiday traditions today as they did when they were kids. Is that about true? Yes, it was. I mean, not as much now that my kids have moved away. Mm-hmm. It's a little harder, but I would say until then, yeah. Okay. But you're you're going to change. I mean, now you have to, and I'm I'm almost in this category. I don't have kids that are married, but they both have girlfriends, and you, your son is about to get married, yeah. so now you got different families and yeah. You know, yeah, competition for Yeah, which will be fun, and, and then I'm kind of hoping, because it would, you know, when little kids are, are at Christmas, uh-huh. it changes everything. Well, so I cannot wait generation. to call you Grandma Jane. If that's where you're going with this I one, you have so. no idea, and I hope you get there first. Let me I say did, that. I did think that I would be all in, but I am I ready, rocking and rolling. Here's what I would say, honestly, and I hope it doesn't happen for a little bit because I'm still trying to help a little girl who's about to be nine to grow up but having this experience having another child at the age of 50 I kind of and my kids aren't listening so I'm kind of looking forward to being a grandfather because I think I can do it pretty well plus you can give them back well you're better at back. it right you're better at it <laughs> well that's you know? true you've got the you got it down by now yeah you've been trained Sue's News brought to you by Mr. Appliance Speedy Expert Service. Call 636-674-6446. And finally at Sue's News, we have today's random fact. The dog who played Spuds McKenzie in those Bud Light commercials in the 80s was really a female, and her real name was Honey Tree Evil Eye. Wait, 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 wait. Take You're telling that. me that we misgendered Spuds McKenzie yes, for a I'm couple of saying. decades? Yeah. Spuds McKenzie is a girl named Honey Tree Evil Eye. Wow. I feel very guilty. I mean, but Spuds is a gender neutral name. Thank you, Jane. That's probably true. I don't feel as bad. 424, Paul Hall coming up. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 
Well, we've made the commitment today, Jane, as you probably have noticed, to go to all Christmas bumps 100% of the time. I've kind of been working some in. This is one of my favorite uh, bands with Christmas music, Low Straight Jackets. They, Sue saw them recently, right? Didn't you yeah, see them? Yeah, they were fabulous. With Nick Lowe. Mm-hmm. They perform with Mexican Wrestling Masks on. They're very unique oh, that wow. way. They used to be on David Letterman's show. Um, yeah. No, Conan's show all the time. They used mm-hmm. to be on Conan's show all okay. the time. But I love them because it's all mostly instrumental. They do have some... Um, you know, Big Sandy is a guy that sings with them every once in a while, and Nick Lowe. But we've gone to those little straight jackets and other songs. I try to go with some creative. Paul Hall is with us from Common Guy Films. And before we get into some of the stuff that he wants to offer, I'm sure you heard the news about Matthew Perry today, Paul, and some indication of how he died. But Jane has a further update. First of all, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. What do we got? Well, well first of all, i got to just throw this out because I don't want to forget. But... Damn, dude, did your Chargers look great last night on Thursday Night Football? <laughs> Holy smokes. you got to be proud, right? Uh, you know what? The best thing that came out of that game, Mark? No, I don't. Brandon Staley is no longer yeah. the coach. By the way, a- did they fire him today? Yes. Okay, I, I, I woke up this morning, and I thought for sure he was going to get fired, and I didn't hear it first thing this morning, but they did accomplish that, right? They're about two years late, but yeah, yes. I know. Yeah, well, okay, there you go. Congratulations. Jane, what came out on the ketamine here? Okay, so the Los Angeles County Medical Examiner's Office released the toxicology report. They concluded that Perry had taken ketamine infusion therapy for depression and anxiety um, a week and a half before his death. The ketamine in his system, however, could not be from that infusion therapy because it's half-life, ketamine's half-life, is like three to four hours or less. Oh, So, according to the medical examiner, the ketamine that was in his system caused both cardiovascular overstimulation and respiratory depression. Okay. So, that's sad. I mean, you know, there are therapeutic uses, but I don't don't get the impression this was one. Paul, let's start with this. We just talked about this. This is a short clip, so let me play it again. Detective Foley, you ever read your own files of shootouts? Disturb the peace a lot. Please tell me you didn't get arrested again. Twice, but I broke out. Trailer came out for the new Beverly Hills cop, uh, Axel F. And uh, this group is all excited about it, I think, this crew in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I would agree. I saw the trailer again, I think it was last night during that game that I actually watched for about a half. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, take a look at the full trailer because not only do you get who you have in there, you get some of the other characters from past, uh, past Beverly Hills cop films. And you will uh, you will smile and in uh, fond memory as you watch the whole trailer. So let's hope the movie holds up to that as well. I still love Eddie. Eddie can still do it. Yeah, so. he's no, I'm, awesome. I'm looking forward to it. And we, we were espousing our love for Judge Reinhold as well in the yeah. last segment. So what do you got for us this weekend as we head into the the final weekend? Well, one of the final weekends of the year, but the last weekend before Christmas. Yeah, let's go to the theaters first, shall we? Uh, Willy Wonka, it's it's just Wonka now in theaters uh, with Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, I don't know about this one. I've spent the past seven years traveling the world perfecting my craft. You see, I'm something of a magician, inventor, and chocolate maker. So quiet up and listen down. Nope, scratch that. Reverse it. My niece is going to take my daughter to this on Sunday night, but I feel like there's a bunch of Willy Wonka purists in the studio here, Paul, and we're, we're very s- yep. suspicious. I, I think it's I'm a Gene Wilder fan. Okay, so I go back, and yes, I know he hated the movie in a lot of ways. He, he wasn't really a fan of what it was. It was kind of goofy and hokey. But let's be honest. We have different generations that have a different Wonka. For me, it was Gene Wilder. For my daughter, it's been Johnny Depp. And now for a new generation, it's Timothy Shelley. Now, here's the problem with this compared to the other generations. The thing about Wonka is always 
the magic of the factory, the magic of the world he lives in, and the magic that he creates in the hearts of the kids and the adults alike. Mm-hmm. In this film, it takes over an hour before you see any semblance of a factory. It's all the backstory of Wonka coming to become a chocolatier, shall we say. I was not a fan, and even when you do get the factory, you get it for a brief second, and then chaos breaks out at it. So it Wait. is um, – I don't is – yeah. it, it Hang prequel? on, Sue's got a question. I'm sorry. <laughs> is it a prequel? Is that what you're saying? It's pretty much. That's what oh. it is. It's kind of the backstory of Willie coming, uh, coming to create – his environment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you you have to sit without what was fun to me, which was that the whole river. magical place. Yes. Without the chocolate river, the flowers, it's dumb. The, and the, there's a river here, but it's not made of chocolate. It doesn't work for me. I, there's going to be a lot of people out to see it this week. I'm curious if people see it, what they think. And I know they're expecting big dollars this weekend at the box office. Will Chalamet become a new Wonka? I don't know. I don't think so. To me, it's just not working. Maybe a new generation that hasn't had the other two even experiences. Uh, that and Hugh Grant looks so weird as an Oompa Well, by the way, that, that uh, yeah. movie, it's interesting because, and I don't mind you being the outlier, and I'm going to talk about being the outlier on something else here in just a second, but Wonka is running at 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know what that hmm. kind of tells you. Um, what else you got for this weekend? I, I'm, I'm an outlier everywhere because there's another new movie out there called The Family Plan over on Apple TV+. Plus. Let's hear a clip. Dan, my husband, he's an amazing dad. You almost ready to go to size 4S, huh? Are you so big? Look at the big muscles. I just wish our lives were bigger. Oh, that's Mark Wahlberg, right? Mark Wahlberg, Michelle Monaghan. Uh, this is a story that's nothing new. You've seen stories like this before. Wahlberg's a guy who's kind of kept his past a secret from his family. That past included being kind of a government hitman, uh, assassinating people all around the world. But now he's family man, dad, until he gets found out. And then he's on a road trip across the country with his family. Uh, You know what? Here's the deal. This isn't going to break any ground with anyone. However, it's fun as can be. And we got to look at some films like this that are just pure fun. They're not meant to kind it's of Marky break Mark. the earth. It is. And, and you I'm know okay what? with I fell, Marky Mark. I fell in love with Michelle Monaghan after seeing this yet again. She is so good in what she's done. And when you go back through her filmography, you see so many neat little things where it peaks up in her filmography. I loved her in this movie. I loved the kids. I loved everything about it. It's just fun do you see a lot of it coming sure it's predictable at times but uh the family plan is on apple tv plus free okay. for everybody uh, now let, let me talk about something and jane started saying something to me during the break at the top of the hour and i stopped her because i think we both did something this week that we had both not done and that's watched barbie right correct you, you watched barbie yes. i finally watched it on monday on the airplane back from um las vegas it's on max now what do i have to do you have to go to the real world You can go back to your regular life, or you can know the truth about the universe. The choice is now yours. The first one, the high heel. 
you have to want to know. Okay? Do it again. Now, Paul, you have the frame of reference to know that I'm actually a fan of Greta Gerwig, who directed this movie, and of No Bombach, her um, you know, producing partner and writer here, and I think her husband and her boyfriend as well. This was such a terrible movie. I cannot believe that it made $1.3 billion. There was nothing funny about it. It was forced. How people bought into the pink marketing nonsense <laughs> here, because I, I was right. stunned at how unfunny it was. I really, really was. Uh, yeah. Hey, Mark, were you listening to me and Mike last week when Mike filled in for you? I was not. <laughs> I said the same thing at the end of the show last week as we were talking about Barbie coming out this week. And that I said I was I thought I was going to be the unpopular opinion. I was not in It was OK. No, I was no, no, never no, enamored with it. I was like, that was a terrible, terrible movie. And I cannot believe how many people heaped praise on it. I really can't. I'm, I'm so it's disconnected from this one. I mean, it's like getting well, nominations and stuff. And it and shouldn't. And there, there's nothing that there should qualify this of... movie for awards whatsoever. Yeah, no, I, no, I, was, I was surprised I, I at how agree. much I did. Ryan like Gosling it. wasn't that good at all. As well, I like Gosling. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step off yes. there. I liked Gosling in this. However, uh, our group, Mark, the Critics' Choice, gave it 18 nominations. Yeah, they're a bunch of I idiots. Know. That's why I don't participate anymore. I don't know anymore. why. And, and, I, and I said this last week. I, I watched it again, and I'm just kind of like, why? Why did this movie grab the public? Because of the marketing. It had to be, but even Max, you know, if you go to Max.com right now, you can start streaming it, but half that opening page if you go on to Max's, you know, your streaming page that you hit it, you're going to get, like, all the behind-the-scenes. You're going to get things that you haven't seen in yeah, I'm not other watch films. Any of that. Here's, here's the psychology of the American movie-watching public, and this, this holds true with other things as well. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit in the next hour in relation to the U2 show at Sphere, which I saw a week ago tonight. People are conditioned, and this is what the marketing for Barbie told you. You're going to love this movie. This is cutting edge. It's, there's a feminist message. we got to see it. And then there's Oppenheimer and Barbenheimer, and everyone's got to feel good. We're going to take the kids, even though we shouldn't take the kids because this is not a kid's movie, and moms are going to take their kids. And they're going to say, oh, my God, what a great experience. And they don't think for themselves in the sense that they don't recognize that the movie sucked ass. I, Paul, I'm telling you, <laughs> I've, I've reviewed movies for 30 years. I stopped a couple years ago. I, this is one that really sticks out as one of the biggest disconnected movies when it comes to box office and critical reviews. And I know that audiences say they liked it, too. I, I, I question whether audiences are being honest. I really, that's how bad I thought it was. Now, maybe there's a different experience watching on an airplane on a computer compared to being in a theater. Okay, I can give you that just a little bit. But, Jane, you, you, you're lukewarm on I it, would too. Have, I would have, you know, I would have taken back the, the, the time. I mean, I, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's when you know that you're like, oh, wow, I could have spent two no, hours wa doing waste something of time, else. Waste and... of time. Paul Hall, tell folks where they can find your reviews. Commonguy.com. Have a great Christmas. <laughs> Talk to you, my friends. We'll see you. Friday afternoon, we have Bob Costas coming up in the next hour to talk a little bit about the Cardinals and some sports, but he's going to expand on his commitment to SSM Health, Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital as well. Ahead of that sports conversation, our regular Friday conversation with the sports director of Channel 5 KSDK, Frank Cusimano. Frank, how are you? Good to be with you, Mark. Hope you're doing well. Sir. Your reaction, the Blues win last night with the new interim coach, but your reaction to the firing of Craig Berube this week, which I think did surprise a fair amount of people. Yeah, if you, if you look at the whole, like, 72 hours, what we've gone through, it's like more drama than an episode of Peyton Place. You know, firing the most popular coach in the history of the Blues uh, seemed pretty bizarre, especially when management and ownership said at the beginning of the season, you know, our goal is to finish in third place and maybe make that last playoff spot. And that's 
where they were headed. They were one point out of a final playoff spot when Doug Armstrong fired him after Tuesday night's loss. And then the whole drama is exacerbated by Jordan Cairo not reading the room and being kind of heartless when asked about Craig Berube. And he says, no comment. He's not my coach anymore. Now, in that situation, what you do is you say, I appreciate everything Coach Berube has tried to do for me. I wish him well. He's a great coach. And he handled that really poorly. So the fans hear about it on social media. They see it on TV. And they boo him like he's Stan Kroenke or, or Mike Keenan. I mean, you talk about an eventful yeah. 72 hours for a, a hockey team that's, you know, technically, you know, not one of the best ones in the league right now. So then what, what was your, because there was a follow-up, obviously Jordan then had some things to say to, you know, tr- try to uh, handle that situation. What were your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, that's, I'm glad you, we, we continue with the drama because he literally came to tears. It was almost like uh, Terrell Owens, he's my quarterback. You know, he was breaking yeah. up. He was clearly moved by it. Now, let me just say this is he deserved to be booed. There's no doubt about it because the chief, you know, bled blue for five years here for the blues. And you don't say anything like that on the way out for a guy who shouldn't have been fired. But with all of that said, I would hate to be judged by every stupid thing I said when I was 25 years old. Now, with that said, he's making $64 million a year. He's underperforming. You know, he's got to change. But, I, you know, I hope he learns a valuable lesson. That's what I hope out of this whole thing is, hey, you handled that in a piss-poor fashion. Uh, you got booed. You better play your freaking lights out for the next, you know, five years of this contract. But isn't it also indicative of the fact that that was part of the problem, that there were guys that weren't feeling like maybe maybe he felt like he wasn't his coach the day before he got fired and wasn't getting the effort. I, I don't know. That seems effort is the thing that keeps getting highlighted here by some of these players, even by Braden Shen. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, he's one of the reasons that Craig Berube is no longer a coach in the NHL. His lack of production, his lack of effort, particularly last year. I think he's trying. I think he's been a little unlucky. But, you know, five goals this season is simply not enough for a guy you're paying that much money to and a guy who scored almost 40 last year. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to throw one more element um, into this thing. Doug Armstrong, this, this firing on an approval rating is like 98 to two. You made a dumb move, but they won that game last night. And this is a hockey team that, that may make the playoffs or may miss the playoffs by one game or two games or three games. And this thing was really headed in the opposite direction. You'd lost four in a row two of the losses were two last-place teams. If he doesn't make this move right now, and maybe they do turn this thing around, but if he didn't make that move right now and let this thing linger and linger for a few more weeks, maybe they don't make the playoffs. And as we know in the NHL, if you make the playoffs, anything can happen. Well, it's going to be a fascinating you know, final three or four months here because he may have made the right decision if they make the postseason. Because it's possible, as great as the Chief was, he was not connecting. Was it his fault? I don't know but he was not connecting with some of these players. 
We'll see what happens no, now. I, and I think mm. that's a great explanation, Frank, because I think both things can be true at the same time. And um, I think that maybe is what we had. Doug Armstrong had to do what was best for this team in this moment, and he decided that that is the decision. Is it fair? Well, th- these things aren't fair. In Chief's situation, though, I don't think he's going to be hurt by this, too. I mean, obviously, there's going to be uh, personal feelings, et cetera, but he's going to move forward and be successful. And, hey, he's got a Stanley Cup championship, right? Absolutely. I think he's, you know, he'll get paid through the end of next year, but I, I think he'll be coaching next season somewhere. Uh, well, anything on the Cardinals front this week? I guess mainly it's been with other teams signing some pitchers, et cetera, right? Yeah, I, well, I tell you what, the, the other team in this state, they got Michael Walker, two years, $16 million. You talk about a guy who would have been perfect coming off his brilliant season in the number two or two or three slot. He would have been great. Now, some people may say we don't want an old Cardinal reunion with Lynn and Waka, but the Michael Waka I saw last year was a really good pitcher. Absolutely. All right, what's coming up on Sunday night on Sports Plus? Uh, we're going to be. It's going to be Blues centric. We're going to talk it over with Blues president uh, Chris Zimmerman, and then we're also going to get ready for the Cotton Bowl. We're real excited about that. And Mizzou, hey. Illinois, a week from tonight, right? That's right. Bragging rights a week from tonight. We're pumped about that too so i was I, I didn't get to see the ku game last week because i was out of town i watched mm-hmm. part of it but it was not i mean you're not playing for moral victories but it wasn't they they kind of made a, a game of it right against the jayhawks and it wasn't embarrassing they did in fact like a funny thing happened uh to mizzou on their way to getting blown out they didn't get there they stayed in that game they weathered the kansas storm and they showed some heart and guts which they didn't show the last time they played them so um, they got Seton Hall tomorrow. Seton Hall six and four. They haven't won a game away from Seton Hall. I like the Tigers to have a one-game winning streak heading into the Bragging Rights game. And Frank Jane and I would like to cordially invite you to do the show with us live in uh, Tuscaloosa on the 25th of October next year because that's the day before Mizzou plays down there against Alabama. So we just thought we'd all head down there. Now we are going to have to all, all stay right, in I'll... Jane's hotel room because there's no rooms. If that's, that's okay with you, we're all going to go. That's totally fine. All right, I'm in. Sounds great. All right, Kusumano, awesome. have a great weekend. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye. And we always talk about these things in theory, like our derby trip, and we never seem to execute. We you need to that? execute. Well, one of the, if I'm being honest with the audience, and I have to be honest with the audience, Sue can certainly relate to this, is, and this is just being truthful, the resources for doing things like this, I mean, there was a day and an era in radio and right, decades in radio where if you said, hey, let's do a live broadcast somewhere, let's go on remote, let's do that, it was a no-brainer. It would be done. The reason that it doesn't happen anymore is because you have so much competition for advertising dollars, right? Correct. And you need to have sponsorships that pay for things. So Correct. Jane will no doubt, Sue, I think she'll bankroll the thing, even if the station doesn't come up and say, hey, we're going to provide you with resources. I'm pretty sure our favorite roundtable participant might say, you know what? That's okay. I'll we'll write the check. I want you guys here. Roll Tide, right? Well, is is mean, that what I would expect? I think we get an RV and we go. And if we have to Facebook Live it, as opposed to do it like the full blown broadcast, it's not a bad thought. We could, we could, we could like rig this. Okay, thing. here's what's funny about that. There's, uh, there's a guy, and I, I, I don't even know him that well, but Lloyd Brown is his name. He's a listener, and a year ago he was so generous, and he bid on one of our Tree of Hope campaign. Um, packages that I put together was Cardinals tickets. I said, I'll take it to the MAC for dinner. We'll go to the game and hang out. We met him two weeks ago at the Kill Meet event, right? Right. So he never, he's a busy guy and Lloyd, uh, he might be listening right now. And he never took advantage 
of the offer. And he said he paid like he paid a fair yeah. amount of money for the and he was glad to do it. But he texted me this afternoon. He goes, we can do the Reardon Roundtable from my Winnebago camper. That would be awesome. It's a class C. <laughs> we would have. And no, and he goes, oops, I meant a class A. So that's actually something that could be on the table. That Let's do it. Oh, my God. You know, Jennings, when he rolls around, he does some of these live shots for CNN. He's doing it from his camper, too. Absolutely. All right. We're going to work on it. Lloyd, right. uh, stay tuned. Jane, have a great week. You too. Have a great Christmas. Merry Christmas. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.